The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed. I'm your host for this evening, and I have with me today award-winning journalist, book author, and just plain good woman, uh, Kimberly Seals-Allers. Kimberly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Probably some of you remember Kimberly when she did a show with us last year, and that was in the early spring as well. Uh, as I told her quickly today before we get got started, I said, well, Kimberly, I'm sure between the two of us, we will have more to say than we'll fill the hour or two. Or if you got us going, we could probably fill more than an hour. Uh, <laughs> but at any rate, um, it's so good to have you back. And I just wanted to tell everybody that I really hope that you muddled along without me last week because I went to sunny Orlando and the day that I got there, it was sunny. Oh, and I was at 10 days teaching my comprehensive course, cloudy, rainy, and yucky. And the day that I came back to Washington, D.C., it was, guess what? <laughs> and high 60s. So I seem to have not gotten my uh, my weather report to work for me. But boy, have I got this radio show to work for me because I've got a great guest who I know is going to be willing to tell you a lot about the kinds of things that she has bumped into in the other part of the country, and that is in Detroit, Michigan. Now, uh, let me just give you just a little brief snippet, and this has actually exploded a little bit more while I was out of town, and just I just caught up with it the last day or two and thought, boy, Kimberly has not been sitting around. Holy mackerel. Uh, Kimberly has had some concerns about Meadowlack Laboratories and their interaction with soliciting milk from breastfeeding women through their other company. The, the, the companies are um, related, I guess would be the right word. To, there, there is a liaison. Mm-hmm. And the other one is um, the Mother's Milk Cooperative. So let me give just a little brief intro here to these companies. And then I'm going to ask uh, Kimberly, to tell us a little bit about what has been going on in Michigan and what her involvement has been and, and some of the issues there. So I'm taking this word for word from the Meadowlack Laboratories 
website, and it says, I quote, At Meadowlack Laboratories, we are dedicated to the fundamental principle that all babies everywhere should have access to breast milk, either from their own mothers or milk from qualified donors adapted for clinical use. And then it goes on to talk a little bit about how important that is. Then it continues, and I quote, Women are expected to donate their milk while others profit in a system that places a high price on human milk and little or no value on the milk donors. And of course, uh, unquote. So Meadowlack Laboratories has a very different model. They actually will pay mothers for their milk. And so anyway, then they go on and they talk a little bit about their commitment to responsible conduct. They talk about uh, having established policies for ethical sourcing of donor milk bank and the uh, Meadowlack Milk Bank Engagement Standards. So I want all of our listeners to fully understand here that this is a company which is a for-profit company and... I don't want you to think that they just came out of the woodwork somewhere. They have done uh, their homework with really putting onto their website all that they stand for, what their policies are, how they they do the, the buying of the milk, and so forth. And I would encourage you to look at their site rather than just take it from me or from Kimberly. The other thing you should know is that the... Um, the Mother's Milk Cooperative, and just a minute here, I'm scrambling for my notes on that, uh, talks about how they have a unique uh, relationship with Meadowlack. Meadowlack is the laboratory that actually processes the milk, whereas the Mother's Milk Cooperative works more like a cooperative. If you've ever been in a cooperative of gardening or some people I know, for instance, will own part of a cow or that sort of thing, that is my understanding of how the Mother's Milk Cooperative works so that basically the mothers are part of the cooperative and and Meadowlack considers them to be owners. Uh, Kimberly, before we get going here on your thoughts about the the recent events that have happened with Meadowlack, can you tell me, have I described this in a way that is your understanding as well? Yes, absolutely. Um, Yeah, okay. mm All righty. So then, uh, tell us, what, what have you been your concerns, particularly, it seemed to me that it started about in December. It seems to me I read your article in the New York Times. It was uh, a piece that you wrote for the motherload feature of, New, of the New York Times. And the article highlighted situations about breastfeeding mothers, particularly black breastfeeding mothers in Detroit. These mm-hmm. were women that had been approached by Meadowlack. So, uh, Tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Fill us in. Okay. So basically, you know, as you mentioned, Meadowlack is a company that processes milk, you know, human milk that is received mostly via the cooperative. So the cooperative collects the milk from the mothers. It has an exclusive processing agreement with Meadowlack, which processes the milk and sells it to hospitals, right? And um, Meadowlack pays, I mean, the cooperative pays mothers, 
$1 an ounce for their milk. And then Medilac sells the milk from anywhere to $4 to $7 an ounce to hospitals to be used for premature babies. And also, I want to preface this by saying, Marie, that in general, I don't necessarily um, have a problem with mothers being compensated for their milk. I mean, human milk is a food. It's okay. hard to produce, you know. Um, so that part, and Medilac has been around for years, uh, a few years doing this. So I think they um, started in, in uh, 2012, actually. 2012, yeah, two, two, yep. two, about two years doing okay. this. And so um, that part is not necessarily the issue at hand. Um, but really what happened was Meadowlack, in, as part of the Clinton Global Initiatives, announced a um, campaign where they were seeking to increase their enrollment of black mothers um, in the cooperative by targeting low-income mothers in Detroit. And this is where it gave me pause. Now, remember, she's been having the cooperative and doing what they do for some time. But really, when you announce a real sociocentric effort, it really is something that we all should think about because the idea of um, looking at, you know, targeting vulnerable women, um, targeting people in Detroit. I mean, obviously Detroit is a city that has already encountered a lot of challenges and a lot of difficulty. Yeah. And then to target one specific ethnic group with a promise of wealth generation, economic empowerment, you know, the whole what I call the up by your nursing bra straps, you know, approach was really dangerous, right? And really, mm-hmm. I, I need to stop you here for a minute because you twice used the word targeting. And in everything that I had read, either from them or from you, it seemed to me that I saw that word targeting. I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what that means. Does it mean that there that the effort was specifically to go after black mothers or that they were just going after a bunch of mothers in the, the Michigan area? That's the part I'm really not clear about. Right. So this particular initiative announced in conjunction with CGI and with their Detroit-based partner, TechTown, was to specifically go after low-income black women. Um, they may have since removed their re- original press release, but the original announcement was to really, really try to recruit, target and recruit low-income black women. Um, and in in their mind, this was a way to help increase breastfeeding. Now, there, has, there are no studies that being paid for your breast milk actually increases breastfeeding by, on, by anyone. And so, one, that's an unfounded claim. Two, um, whenever you go into a community, you have to respect the historical relationship between, particularly with black women, between black women and, and white women and their milk what that relationship was where black women were primarily wet nurses, you know, often paid by white women to nurse their own babies, often being stopped from nursing their own children. So there's a historical relationship that has to be respected anytime you come into the community. And third, this initiative was announced without any, any input, any feedback from the community. When I interviewed Miss Meadow extensively about this um, Initiative. I asked if she had ever spoken to any African-American um, advisors, anyone 
any of the black breastfeeding advocates, anyone who's actually aware of this community to even find out if this is something that could actually work. But there was none of that. And to me, that's extremely insulting. So you launch an initiative to saying that you want to help someone, but you haven't even spoken to the people that you claim you want to help to know whether what you're doing is even wanted or needed or how, how, what is the best way to approach that? And so the key is like, yes, we all want to increase how, you know, black breastfeeding rates, but how we do it matters. And we can't do it with disrespect and, and some sort of targeting that's not based on a community approach. Okay, so I think I'm getting a little bit clearer of a picture, and I know that somewhere I read where uh, Meadowlack had specifically said that their ambition here was that if they were paying women for their milk, that it would act as a financial incentive for them to actually, uh, I don't know that they said initiate breastfeeding, but I got that feeling. And it's there certainly was a big flavor of, therefore, it would help to improve duration of breastfeeding. And you're saying that, uh, yes, indeed, they said that, but whether or not there's any substance to that claim is a different matter. Exactly. There's no proof that that works. So. Um, how how did they did this just come out as a press release in general? I I'm a little bit unclear about how this thing got announced. Yes, it was a press release. Like, do you, are you familiar with the Clinton Global Initiative? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So so this was announced in conjunction with um, I believe it was even their annual meeting, which may have been or some kind of conference that they held, where of course CGI encourages members to come together and collaborate and come up with solutions. So this was announced as part of that. And again, you know, not necessarily it's it's a terrible world ending concept but the execution was really poor and again you can't go into african american communities say that you're trying to help low income women give them a promise that's not based on any kind of research don't even talk to anyone who's working with breastfeeding mothers in those communities and then say you want to sell our milk for profit no that's okay. not okay so as I'm understanding it, then you're saying that although this was presented as, wow, this would be great for you folks, the truth of the matter is that there was not done what I would call a, a community needs assessment. Exactly. And the right? fact that, right. And so when you're looking at a community um, with, again, the same historical context that I mentioned, and then you have a for-profit company coming in to say, hey, we know what you guys need. It's this. That's extreme arrogance, and it's disrespectful to the community, right? And then can, you have... I can see how that would not go over well. Uh, if I can ask you, Kimberly, to uh, hold that thought, please, and everybody else, do not go away. I'm Marie Biancuto, your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with author and journalist Kimberly Seals-Allers. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. 
Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash good donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuso, your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with Kimberly Seals-Allers, book author, uh, award-winning journalist and woman extraordinaire. Uh, before we left for the break, Kimberly was just telling us about Meadow Lack and the Mother's Milk Cooperative, about women in the greater Detroit area being approached for uh, selling their milk. And she was very clear in saying she doesn't have any issue with people being paid for their milk. The question is... It, Well, as I understood it, and Kimberly, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here, but the way it seemed to me that it was in the presentation of how it was done, how it was announced, how in your estimation there was an a, hey, hey, let's do this for the greater good of the community, when in fact the community really hadn't hadn't had any input into whether they thought that was a good thing or not. Am I reading you right? That is correct. And then also the fact that they were specifically talking African-American women versus all low-income women in general. I mean, yeah, that's, 
what, what no, low-income women benefit. So again, it really was the, the targeted nature. And, and, and a lot of this has to be in the context of black women and white women and ownership of our milk. You know, that's, that that's really has I to be an important get. consideration. Mm-hmm. That, that's the part I don't get. I mean, how... How was this presented? Was there a thing that said, oh, by the way, if you're a white woman, we don't want you? I, I don't quite get how they, how, no, well, how I mean, was that course, pitch made? And, well, there was no pitch. It was a press release. But, um, but certainly they have not stopped their broad-based, you know, women joining the cooperative. But in addition to what they do to recruit all women, they were announcing a special campaign that was specifically focused on low-income women in urban areas. Detroit was just meant to be the first city. They were launching in Detroit, Ah. and they were going to go to other low-income urban areas and recruit black women from there, too. And this was framed as economic empowerment, a way for women to come to, to pull themselves up. The other thing that's been very interesting, I mean, just last week, the, the babe on babycenter.com, which, as you know, is one of the largest um, websites for pregnancy and parenting. Yeah. They had a they previously had a very robust section, but that section on from Meadowlack Cooperative, I should say, Mothersville Cooperative members became so flooded with complaints of women not getting paid, um, women complaining that you know you have to give a hundred ounces first before they will even accept um, any more of your milk. But it got closed down last week because of the flood of complaints. Um, I'm sure Metal Act didn't want that to be seen, continue to be seen by the general public. So, again, even in your promise of economic empowerment, there are problems because women of all colors are having problems getting paid. But then you would go into a vulnerable community making false claims. One, that getting paid is going to increase breastfeeding. That's false. Never been proven. Two, that women are going to pull themselves up out of poverty by selling their milk when you can't, you're not, when you have many complaints of women who are not even being paid by the company, okay? And then it just keeps to, it just continues on with really the false claims. And when you do something like that in a vulnerable community, in a group that's already dealing with barriers to breastfeeding, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. And so this is why we have to be very protective over how we approach community when it comes to increasing breastfeeding. Kimberly, um, you mentioned the uh, economic, what was your word? Empowerment? No, uh, something, oh, whoops, I'm so sorry, hold on. Uh, uh, The coming out of poverty. Mm -hmm. Now, I could not remember reading that anywhere in the correspondence from the uh, Meadowlack people. Did they really say or imply that women were going to be pulled out of poverty by by selling their milk? Yes. And where did that appear? Did you see the original press release? I guess I didn't. I seem to have seen, uh, I have got a pile of probably a dozen different things here that are all nicely labeled and stapled and I've read and highlighted, but I guess I didn't get the original press release. And certainly, you know, I mean, the whole point of targeting low-income women, because they could have said all black women in Detroit, right? But the the press release specifically mentioned low-income women. Again, this is a very sociocentric campaign that they were announcing. 
because you could have said we're recruiting Detroit moms in general, right? Right. All colors, hues, because technically Detroit is a city that's had lots of challenges. Perhaps all sorts of women are in need of uh, some financial assistance, could, could use a little extra money. But again, it specifically said low-income women um, in urban areas, Detroit being one of them. And so again, you really have to look at the nuances of what happens when you try to target vulnerable populations, whether that is income, whether that is racial or ethnic, and then what type of language you use, how you approach them, what promises you make that may be misleading. We didn't even get into how low-income women may have their own benefits um, um, could be adversely affected because of additional income, right? Sure, sure. So that's certainly an implication for low-income women. We haven't even talked about how, how um, if a low-income mom may qualify for WIC, what could be the down, you know, what, what could be the other consequences if she can receive free formula from WIC and now feel like she can get paid for her milk. So again, you really have to think this through. So yeah, these what, things don't happen in a vacuum. Right. And so there it, are it, surrounding factors. Absolutely. So an overly simplistic campaign that you're going to come into Detroit and save the day and save black breastfeeding rates by giving people money is, is just that. It's overly simplistic and really disrespectful. Um, the so other thing that's even worse, Marie, I just want to say really briefly, than the actual campaign was the response. Right. Because when I spent an hour on the phone with Elena Meadow talking about this, trying to help her, you know, see where the community may be coming from. Look at it from a different perspective. Now, I think everyone knows that I have a track record of speaking out on black breastfeeding issues. (laughs) And I have a track record for working in Detroit and being very connected to the, you know, sense of community and what mothers feel. So. It was an opportunity, I thought, to be quite honest, when I wrote the piece, for you know, the company to say, hey, wait a minute, you're right. Let's get the community involved. Let's do this. Let's just change the strategy. Because I never said that the whole thing was terrible. Right? Sure. So, but instead of that, the company decided to attack black women, myself personally, um, the executive director of Black Mothers Breastfeeding Association. And that was just remarkably unexplainable. I, I never saw that coming. So again, the disrespect for the community from this company in particular has just been you know, egregious because it's one thing to say, hey, you know what? We really didn't think this through. We've listened to the women. We've listened to what advocates are saying. Let's reconsider. It's a completely another thing to turn around and attack the people that you claim you want to help. I don't even understand how that's supposed to work. Um. In my mind, a lot of it would come down to what uh, what constitutes an attack and what is perceived as an attack. And so I think that's part of it. But I want to go back to just a minute, please. Do you have a fundamental issue morally or ethically with the selling of one's milk regardless of who the company is or regardless of what color you are or aren't, regardless of what you're associated In other words, uh, is, is that bothersome to you if it were not in this cultural context? No, it is not bothersome to me. I don't know whether the payment, whether it should be cash. I mean, certainly there's lots of conversation about tax incentives, but some sort of compensation 
for the work um, and for the food that only women can provide, I think that's, I have no problem with that. You know, I think that there's a life-enhancing substance that only women can provide. And, you know, if a mother chooses to, uh, you know, to, to get compensated for that in some sort of way, I'm not opposed to that. Well, I just feel like we haven't figured out the best way to do it. The best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think maybe that's where I'm at. It, what bothers me is that I wonder, would we ever create a situation where a mother's baby would not have enough milk for the baby because the mother, the incentive worked so well, if you know what I mean? I'm I'm kind of going on the other end of this. If the the mother were not offended, if she really was incentivized, would there be some penalty for her child? Could she take this to the nth degree where there really might be some ethical, moral issues here, uh, quite apart from this company or quite apart from the cultural aspect? And uh, and I don't know. Wow. Uh, this has been certainly so much to think about. Hey, everybody, don't go away. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm here with Kimberly Seals Allers. Don't go away. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash gooddonor. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
are listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I'm here today with Kimberly Seals-Allers. Kimberly, who is the author of the famous Mocha Manual, as well as four other books. Kimberly also has a new book coming out very soon, and I will ask her to comment on that later in the show. Uh, But before we get too far astray, I would like to invite you to call in if you would like, we'd be happy to hear from you. But in the meanwhile, I'd like to ask Kimberly about this letter that showed up on the Black Mothers Breastfeeding Association website on uh, January 12th. And it says, an open letter to Meadowlack Laboratories from Detroit Mothers. And here's the opening paragraph. Dear Ms. Meadow, As a group of mothers, community activists, and lawmakers in the greater Detroit area, we are writing to you in the spirit of open dialogue about your company's recent attempts to recruit African-American and low-income women in Detroit to sell their breast milk to your company, Meadowlack Laboratories. And then it goes on to say, we are troubled by your targeting, et cetera, et cetera. Then it talks a little bit about Detroit's struggles. There are seven questions that are posed to uh, Meadowlack. And then finally, it is signed by a whole flock of people and not just people from the greater Detroit area, I might add. So, Kimberly, tell us a little bit about how this letter got started, how it's doing, anything else you'd like to uh, help us with to understand about this letter. Right. So the letter is so important because it was really the Detroit community responding to the news article that I had written and really taking a stand for themselves around a something that they perceived to be um, unwelcome or predatory or at least something that needed more conversation and some community input. Okay. So, um, so they, you know, organized themselves, a number of groups from um, Black Mothers Breastfeeding Association, Mothering Justice, Breastfeeding Mothers Unite, a number number of other Detroit and um, Michigan-related organizations came together to put together this letter um, to request a meeting, really. I mean, something that they shouldn't have to ask for is to have to be met with in their own community about an issue that affects the people that they primarily serve. Right. So these are people who are on the ground with mothers on the ground doing breastfeeding work in Detroit. These are people that you would think anybody with a reasonable plan for anything would have had at least a conference call with um, people in the community that they're claiming that they're going to serve. And so um, the mothers you got together to put out this letter and really to ask for support. And the response has been phenomenal. They had a very successful press release in Detroit, lots of great news coverage. Certainly they have signatories from, you know, outside of the U.S. Um, and so this is really important that people are supporting these, this community and this community to, to, to be a partner in solutions that ultimately affect them. That has to be a baseline for all of our work. We cannot take this we know better than you approach, we're coming into your community type of attitude toward this work. It doesn't, it's, it's, it's not effective. And it's very, 
actually insulting. So um, we've been asking more and more people to sign on to the letter, um, which we hope that Meadowlack will properly respond to. Up to this point, their response has been unacceptable. Um, so, but we would really like for more people to continue to sign on to the letter to show their support for these mothers taking control of, you know, what ultimately happens to their constituency and themselves. Kimberly, do we have any idea how many mothers have actually accepted the invitation from Meadowlack? No, my understanding is that the campaign has not started yet. Remember, they made an announcement that they were going to start. And soon after that, my article appeared. Um, so they had uh, one, one collaborative partner, which is called Tech Town in Detroit. And they work more on economic empowerment, empowerment and incubating and helping with startups. So they had not actually, as far as we know, recruited anyone as of yet because soon after the plans were announced, um, the, the media coverage began and that kind of led to, uh, you know, all the things that were happening right now. Okay. All right. Because I was thinking that on some website, and again, I'm sure it's in this pile here somewhere, that women were talking about having gotten their kits to get started with and their coolers and uh, so forth. So it seemed, but I, I'm not necessarily sure that those women were in Detroit. So maybe that's where I was missing the ball. Mm-hmm. So what do you think would have happened if you and Ms. Green and other community leaders or community breastfeeding advocates, if all of you had just piped down and not said a word, what do you think would have been the reaction of these uh, black mothers in uh, the greater Detroit area that are are, uh, socioeconomically deprived? What do you think would have happened? Do you think that they would have just gone ahead and done it? Do you think that they would have rebelled and said, no, sir, no way, or no way, are we going to do this? Or what would have happened? Well, I think ultimately, you know, we want people to be able to choose for themselves. And again, not throwing out the whole bathtub, but certainly looking like, you know, this something about this water needs to be adjusted, right? So again, you know, not wanting to, wanting to give all women choice, but let it be choice that's based on two fair options. Um, Certainly, we would hate to see people come into the community, make promises for things that are not kept, and then that really just sets back the work that people are doing in the community. And long after Medellac is gone, women like Kirata Green and Black Mothers Association are still there trying to make inroads in the work. So, you know, these efforts cannot be damaging to what has already been going on. It is welcome if they are complementary, if they are additive, if they can, you know, add to the work that's being done. But they cannot damage or be potential um, setbacks for gaining ground that is already being gained, you know, in these communities. I think I'm following you better now. Um, I think that you're saying this is not necessarily about the act of collecting and being reimbursed for your milk. This is really about the message of, of breastfeeding progress. Am I reading you right? 
Well, I think that this is not about the act of women being compensated in some way for their milk. This is about how do you approach a community that has had a 40-year racial disparity with low breastfeeding mm. rates, that mm. has a historical legacy and really trauma of having of being forced to breastfeed white people's children as we were as we were in slavery, that historical legacy of wet nurses that historical trauma around white women creating a market for black women to be bought and sold based on their ability to breed and feed. You really have to put it in historical context so that you can understand this disruptive relationship. So all the people who are working to repair that damage, who are working to move us forward, cannot sit idly by and and allow people who are really motivated by profit to come in with campaigns that are not well thought out, have not had community input, do not take into account the historical context, have no clue as to what black women are thinking, feeling, or, or acting, and let that be supported. That's not going to work. So don't let me put words in your mouth, please. Do not let me do that. But as as I hear you talking, it seems to me like you're saying this is just a continuation of the black woman being a wet nurse for the white woman. Well, I'm not saying it's a continuation, Marie. I'm saying that those that historical context must be considered. And okay. so, again, when you are approaching something, sometimes, again, it's not what we do, but how we do how it. How we that do it. Really, <laughs> that really matters. Yep. So it's yep. not the what in this particular situation that's so egregious, but it is the how, right? And then that how has been exasperated by Meadowlack's refusal to still meet with the community, to still sit down with these organizations in Detroit. And so the the layers of disrespect are just piling on, and this could have been avoided by someone at Meadowlack saying, hey, you know what? We never thought of that. We should include the community. I mean, anyone working in the nonprofit space or any philanthropic or community-based effort, I think it's common knowledge now that these efforts need community input. It is viewed across the board as disrespectful to go into communities, act like you know what you need, what they need, and then leave them. That's arrogance, right? And in some channels, that's white privilege. So people don't do that anymore. I think in the, minute or, mm-hmm. in the minute or so that we have left, how long are you planning or how long is are, are the, the writers of this, uh, uh, signers of this document planning to wait until they get some sort of a response from Meadowlack? And what would you see as the ideal response? Well, the ideal response would have been exactly what they asked for in the letter, which was for a meeting. Um, I believe they have given Meadowlack until the end of the month to comply with that. In the meantime, they are continuing their efforts to um, meet with others who may have been approached. Meadowlack has been now, in retrospect, trying to retroactively meet with people in Detroit. The other thing that I wanted to say that's so important, Marie, it was like Meadowlack didn't say, hey, we're going to get this milk from Detroit moms to help save Detroit babies. Please, let's talk about that after the break, because we know the infant mortality rate in Detroit is so high. So what's yes. in this for the community? Now you're going to take the milk out and sell it to wherever you can get the best profit? At least you could have said, I'm going to use this to help Detroit babies. So again, there's so many layers of where this doesn't work as in its current state that needed to be addressed by the community. I, I can see where that would be a not feel good, and I will tell you why, because I learned that with donating to the Red Cross. I found out that when I donated, that didn't necessarily mean that my money was going to stay in my county 
Uh, it mm-hmm. could be going anywhere, and you're uh, you're talking about the same kind of a thing. Okay, everybody, do not go back. Don't go away because we're going to be back right after this short break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. What's the weirdest place I've ever done it? Probably at my niece's high school musical during intermission. I've done it on an airplane. In our minivan while his mother was driving. Hi, Mom. What's the weirdest place I've ever pumped? Probably the car dealership. In the bathroom at my sister's wedding. Finding a good place to pump can be hard. Donating breast milk is easy. No matter where you've pumped, you'd make a good donor to the Mother's Milk Bank at Austin. Learn how your milk can save lives at milkbank.org slash donor. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Do you enjoy listening to Marie Biancuzo? Do you think your staff would enjoy listening to Marie? As the past president of Baby Friendly USA, Marie currently offers baby-friendly training programs, online only, live only, or a combination of live and online education. If you are tired of listening to a boring lecture in a dark room, watching bullet point slides with a brief chance for questions at the end, come and enjoy a truly interactive learning online or live program with Marie. Call Marie today at 703-787-9894 to find an option that works for your staff. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuzo or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuto. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. I have with me today award-winning journalist, author, and <laughs> I started to say woman extraordinaire, and I guess I'm going to say it anyway, um, but also director of the first food-friendly community initiative uh, that was director of first food, first food-friendly com- community initiative. Boy, did I get tongue-tied over that one. Um, you got it right. <laughs> I was thinking, that's a lot of Fs there. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Uh, Kim, tell us a little bit. You've you've told us so much of what's going on, some of the barriers, some of the things that aren't necessarily barriers, but they've been tear downs rather than builds up. Uh, the big question that I would have for you as we start to close in on our last segment here is, how can we help mothers? How can we help communities? We all know, we all know, even old, white-haired, white grandmother types like me, we all know that we need to do a better job with helping all mothers and certainly helping African-American mothers to breastfeed their kids. Uh, With respect to this thing going on in Detroit or anything else, can you tell us what have we got to do? Because, you know, the, the truth of the matter is we all can do something. What what can we do to be helpful? Well, I mean, this you're right. Everyone can do something. I think one of the things that's so important, and this is really, really at the core of the um, First Food Friendly Community Initiative, is that we have to view the community as a source of insight, as a source of knowledge. You know, mm-hmm. we often view the community as a thing that we go in and fix, the thing yep. that we study, the thing that we analyze, but yeah. we don't view it as a source of rich information, insights, mm-hmm. culture, things like that. And this is really the distinction that um, that needs to occur for us to be more effective. So you really have to view black women, you know, as really the ones who best know how to solve a problem that is ultimately affecting them and their babies. And so the most important thing that we can do is listen when they're talking and and try to find the solutions that work for each of them. Because the barriers are not one Right. There's so many. Yes. Some are cultural. Some are faced by every every woman. You know, we don't even have a reason. We don't have any maternity leave in this country. All those things that impact all women. But some of we them are economic. Some of them are economic. So but yeah. so we there really isn't one one size fits all answer. But I do believe that the answer will come from the community. Um, and so we need to understand that we have to be better listeners and not just better um, implementers of strategy. And let me be quick to say that when Kimberly Seals Allers says, learn to be a listener, she's not just preaching. The first time that I spoke with Kim by phone, I was really impressed at what a really good listener she is. And uh, in fact, so I know that as a journalist, the journalist's basic job is to be doing the interviewings. But as a matter of fact, she's really good at not only uh, asking the right questions, but listening to the responses. And uh, I know that she's telling us to do what she already is doing herself. And I think that's a huge point to make. Uh, I appreciate that, Marie. And mm-hmm. also, I'm sharing what mothers tell me. You know, I spend sure. a lot of time traveling and being in the community. And when I speak to black women, other mothers, they but they want to be heard, right? So many of them are feel disrespected at the doctor's office. They may have been disrespected at the hospital in terms of how they were treated, et cetera, et cetera. So they're really looking for a place to be heard. And if it's mm-hmm. not happening in our community efforts toward breastfeeding, then we're going to just cr- lose another opportunity to be effective. Absolutely. Kimberly, tell us a little bit about your work with the Kellogg Foundation. 
Yes, so the Kellogg Foundation has funded us through um, Metro Solutions, a fiscal intermediary to create the 3FCI, the First Food Friendly Community Initiative, and Uh it's all about how do we create more supportive communities. So we know that hospitals are important and they're ground zero for mothers, but for most women in this country, a hospital is a two or three day stay. The majority of her journey occurs in this community. So if she leaves the hospital, even after a successful latch and goes into a community, which is what I call a first food desert, a community lacking the supports and resources to successfully breastfeed, then that woman really isn't a setup for failure. And so our project is all about trying to understand what do communities need to look like in order to be supportive and to create some sort of accreditation or reward or recognition that communities can earn much like a baby-friendly hospital, for being a first-food-friendly community. And so this project is a a two-and-a-half-year project that we're working on, um, and we're piloting in Detroit and in Philadelphia and also in Racine County outside Milwaukee. So we're really excited about trying to figure out the pieces, working with everyone from faith-based institutions to school districts to restaurants and shopping malls to airports and public places, really getting into to the community so that wherever a mother decides, wherever she eat, eats, works, plays, or worships, she can be supported um, in her breastfeeding goals. And so we've really um, been working very hard. We're launching our Detroit pilot in the spring of this year um, to really figure out how we can build more supportive communities. You got your work cut out for you there, woman. <laughs> Whoa. You. And tell us about your book that will be coming out later this year. Right. So my book is really, I'm real excited about the book. It really is a sociocultural analysis. It looks at all the different things that influence how women decide to feed their babies. And that includes everything from the feminist movements and how our changing ideas about womanhood and motherhood has impacted our how we feed our babies and Profit motive, what happened when profit motive was insinuated into our infant feeding, um, politics, everything from also looking at our industrialized food system, which really starts at birth, you know. Um, so understanding all of these influences and then what's the, what does that mean for every woman, mother, father, and child when we're living under all of these influences? So that's what the book is about. So I'm looking forward to that. Wonderful. Wonderful work from Kimberly Seals Allers, woman who apparently doesn't sleep at all at night because she has got (laughs) multiple projects going on and she pursues all of them with a passion. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining me today. And thanks to all of you who are out there listening because without you, there wouldn't be a show. So I'd like to thank all of you. I'd like to invite you, if you are parents, to visit me at my website, borntobebreastfed.com, for a preview of what's coming up. And if you are interested in professional education, visit me at www.breastfeedingoutlook.com. I am your source for evidence-based practice and education on the web and sometimes in your city. Again, for parents, it's borntobebreastfed.com. For professionals, breastfeedingoutlook.com. And hey, don't forget to drop us an um, email. We'll be happy to take your email. If I can answer it, I will. If not, I will pass it along to Kimberly or whoever my guest is or was. And that's radio at borntobebreastfed.com. I'm Marie Biancuto. I promise I'll help you to cut through the myths and clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember... 
your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby.